Katie. Yes, hello. Katie. Can I help you? Ho- Katie. Hello? Katie. Holy shit. Holy shnikes. Holy shit. Holy shit, what, Lance? It is. We're, <laughs> You're pausing there. I'm fucking, it's like, out. it's like, oh my God, like, I forgot what we were doing because it's been so fucking long, guys. Oh, we're so sorry. It's okay. It's I not know. even summer yet. We're still good. <laughs> yeah, technically Friday. It's only happening Friday. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Woohoo, first day of summer. Oh. What are your plans for the first day of summer, Lance? Fucking eat a dick. Fuck. Oh. I did summer. not know you swung that way. <laughs> Fuck summer. <laughs> Fuck this heat. Fuck all this fucking rain. <laughs> Fuck the tornadoes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I hate this time of year. Yes. I fucking said it. I fucking hate it. I fucking hate it. I can't wait until it's fucking like fall and winter. So you've been getting rain. You've been getting tornadoes and heat already. Oh, fuck. It is stupid. Well, you got to remember, this is the Midwest, so we get humidity. Mm. Humidity heat. Fuck. <laughs> Swamp ass. That's all oh, I got to say. Yeah, so sucks. meanwhile, that's happening over there on the West Coast, guys. We have been scorching in here right up into the 100s. 109 oh. was the highest I recorded oh. in my car. Oh, no. And me with car without air conditioning right now has been really nice. Really nice. Yeah, you get redneck air conditioning. You just roll down your windows and go like 60. <laughs> so what I've been doing is, like, I normally have an ice water with me. And if I get coffee or anything else, like, when you're in the car. So, like, okay, y'all know I like my Starbucks. So you get through the Starbucks, get in your car back, you know, in the heat. And in about two minutes, it's sweating. Your drink is sweating and condensating on the outside. So what do I do? I wipe that shit off and wipe it on my arm and roll them window. Well, the window's are already down, but like, ah, oh, there's the redneck air conditioning. Put a little water on your arms and then it, the hot air turns cold for a second. All of three seconds. <laughs> so it just it like dies. burns off your skin. Exactly. But it feels nice right. until it's dry. Oh, <laughs> you know, So I should probably just get one of those like misting fan squirt bottle thingies you know or even just a squirt bottle there you go there you go yeah yeah because it has been a lot it was cooler yesterday but (laughs) we going back up and we've had such a mild or not mild a heavier winter spring this year like we had a lot more rain than normal and which is great for us but you know i thought we would have a little bit of an extended spring not just like you know it's june we'll jump into the hundreds Ugh, fuck you that fuck yeah, that's bullshit. Fuck you, son. Fuck or lack of ozone you. or whatever greenhouse gases. A lack of ozone. Cow farts and a cow farts. <laughs> I actually don't think we have a lack of ozone over Sacramento, but no. You know what? I actually read an article about that because you know, well, at least when I was a kid, that was the thing. The ozone. There was a hole in the ozone layer. Because of all that Aquanet. <laughs> yeah, thank you, 80s. Yeah. Right? Some 80s bangs. So I was, like, I, was like, I was like, yeah, what happened to the fucking hole in the ozone? Well, apparently, since we stopped using all that shit, it's actually, like, healed itself. Like, legitimately. Yeah. It was like, the oh. ozone can repair itself. Yeah, it did. And I read an article about that when, it, when they first had the study coming out about the area over um, Australia. That was mending itself yeah i was like oh okay well that's 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 a positive thing so it wasn't like exactly. you know some bullshit information that we've been fed like our entire I mean, we, lives yeah and we still shouldn't be using the aquanet or you know it's like you know those people who say like oh climate change doesn't isn't really happening like that's not real okay well even if it wasn't real why wouldn't you want to do what you can to help you know lessen your impact on your planet you know <laughs> anyway we could we could go down that rabbit hole. Oh yeah, we could fall down that rabbit hole. But so, we're not going to. yay, summer's almost here. Boo mm. with the weather sometimes. And what sucks about like Sacramento, the rivers around us are still too dangerous to really like swim in. So go to the gross lake, I guess. <laughs> no, or just stay inside so with your air conditioning. Yeah. That's 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 my my solution. Well, I feel like such an idiot because, you know, with it being in the hundreds outside, I'm still like going into work with a fucking leather jacket or something because it's the Arctic front, (laughs) 
you know, inside. So it feels real dumb. And that's how you get sick in the summer is like you're cold all day and then you walk out into the heat or like the extreme temperature change back and forth, you know? Mm, yeah. Not good. No. No, no, no. Oh, well. God, what is going on with all the elements in this planet, Lance? Fuck. I don't know. Oh, I Earth, don't know. wind, and fire. I know. Huh. Speaking of elements, <laughs> why don't we hop right into it, you guys? You know we've been trying to do the fifth element coming at you from 1997. It's a Katie's pick. Round of applause. Pat on the back. Yep, yep. Damn. No. Wipe that dirt off my shoulders. <laughs> could you hear that? Yeah, actually I could. <laughs> like legitimately. So, you guys, The Fifth Element. Who doesn't love this movie? Don't raise your hand. We don't want to know. Let me just give you some of these specs. And while picking this movie, I had no idea. I'm very excited about it. Director and writer Luke Besson, if oh. that's how you pronounce it. Besson? Besson? Okay. It looks French, L-U-C. <laughs> so maybe Besson. I think it is French. <laughs> Probably, because he hired that little Frenchy uh, Jean Reno for his movie, Leon the Professional, another one of my fucking favorites. And not only did he write that movie, but he wrote another favorite of mine, The Transporter. <laughs> mm-hmm. He really likes his balding leading men, too, because he's got Bruce Willis, Jean Reno, Jean Reno, not Jean Reno, <laughs> and uh, Statham, Jason Statham. Way to go, Luke. So, yeah, that was really interesting. I didn't know. Same writer for many of my favorite movies. He's done a lot more, but those were just two I wrote down. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie is starring Bruce Willis, Mila Jovovich, Gary Oldman, Chris Tucker, Ian Holm, Tommy Lister, and Luke Perry. I had no idea. Right? For a hot second. Yeah, I wasn't there. Even seeing him, I didn't know. I wasn't. Rest in rest in peace, Luke Perry. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember he just passed away a couple months ago. After that article came out about him being gay. Huh? Oh, just kidding. That was a Family Guy episode. Uh, like, what? <laughs> yeah, Meg. Classic Meg. Anyway, yeah. So, when was the last time you watched this movie, Lance? Uh, oh, you mean before I watched it? <laughs> before for... the many times for the recording. <laughs> uh, you know, it wasn't really that long ago. It was probably seven, eight months ago. Yeah. yeah. And the time before that? Is this like a once a year for you? Yeah, I usually probably watch it probably once. Yeah, about probably I would say yeah, average once a year. Yeah, at least once, if not a few times for me, for sure, because it's that good. Like if I catch it on cable or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Sometimes, yeah. like, but I don't count that. Like when I'm like voluntarily, like, oh, there it is. Oh, I haven't watched that in a minute. Well, let's throw it on there. I've, yeah, you know. starting halfway through plus commercials. Yeah, <laughs> I don't count that as really watching watching it. I count it when I'm like actually picking it. And That's right. On is it Netflix? Is that what it was on? Yes, it's okay. on Netflix, but it's probably on Prime too. I couldn't remember. I remember <clears throat> it was on one of them. Yeah, I, I watched it on Netflix. Com- it's there right now. I get them all confused. <laughs> I don't know about the European or any of that, whatever different Canadian Netflix. You know, they always have different stuff on. The European ones I hear they like keep like Archer is probably still on it <laughs> for them. <laughs> like the licensing is different. Oh, yeah. Because I remember when you used to be able to <coughs> like you could like hack Netflix and then you could you could uh, get like all the diff all the other ones. I I used to get the one from the UK because they had and this is when I was um when the, my kids were little or littler um they um the UK one had like all the Disney movies at that time they had like Toy Story like all the Pixar's at that time nice. and like all the Disney movies where the one here at the time like had none of them so it was kind of yeah. cool. So we'd go on there, we'd watch, you know, the, you know, the movies and stuff like that and cars and cause the boys were all into that when they were littler. I always thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. I was like, no, that's bullshit. They got it there, but they didn't have it here. Cause they're used hack to into that. I wish I could. Do yeah. I used to be able to until they really like locked it down. But see, there was like actual websites that were like dedicated to like, okay, you have this like way <clears throat> to unlock it. Now, if you go to the one in Mexico, it's got all these movies, 
that the United States one doesn't have. Or if you go to the one in Canada, it's got these. Mo- I'm like, that's pretty fucking cool. So there are like people would like compound lists of like movies that are, I guess, uh, popular. Mm-hmm. And they would put them like, okay, if you if you're looking for this movie, it's it's here. It's on this. Uh-oh. Yeah, it was kind of neat at that time. I mean, this was a while ago. That is pretty neat. <clears throat> the first time I found out that they did different ones for Netflix, depending on the country, was when I was in Canada for a weekend, just barely in Canada, just barely. And I couldn't log into my Netflix to watch at the hotel. It was like, sorry, you're out of the country, bitch. You can't watch. I was like, what? So Motherfucker. <laughs> I know. It pissed me off. So whatever. But yeah. Netflix, European. Hmm. Now we all have to like sign up for those Disney, DC, Fox, right? Netflix Prime, and then all the other separate, you know, whatever network on demand. We've talked about this before, but nobody's going to be paying $10 a month for every single one. Dude, that gets getting expensive. <laughs> Is Netflix already losing money? I mean, you might as well have cable. Yeah, no shit. You're going to spend 80 If you have 90. to have all of them. Well, do you want the Disney stuff? Well, there's people that will pay the whatever, seven or eight dollars. Oh, yeah. Don't forget, Apple's got one coming out, too. Their version of like Netflix and Hulu and stuff. So that'll probably be another $9.99, It's going to be like YouTube Red having a whole bunch of stupid shows that nobody wants to watch. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, so Apple's going to have theirs. You got Hulu. You've got Prime. You've got Netflix. <sighs> And then you've got all like all these other smaller ones. Then you could get like like real specific type of movies. Do you want horror movies? You got like Shudder yeah. and stuff like that. <clears throat> Filmstruck for TCM. Yep, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's where they because uh, Hulu had all those uh, Criterion movies, and then they put them all on there. And it's yeah. like it's expensive. I think it's what like seven ninety nine for that one. Ridiculous. Yeah, then, then I know I can't imagine it working for very long. Somebody's going to combine eventually, you know, it's like, <laughs> like the, years down the road, and, I feel like. And see, that was the fucked up part. Like everything was like two or three, four apps. OK, and now it's everybody's like, oh, nope, we're going to create our own content now. We're going to charge everybody instead of like sharing the money and just like figuring it out together. No, we're just going to do it on our own and. Yeah, and so now like everybody's got a fucking app. I'm like, really? Hopefully it'll it'll do them dirty, you know? Like it won't work out in the long run. <laughs> I, I don't think it's sustainable. I don't in the long run. I think it's especially gonna... if they do cable as well. Yeah, it's too expensive. Like all the Fox content is it going to be show like Archer right now is showing every Thursday? Okay, so once they do their FX streaming service, are they just going to take it away from main media or you know? <laughs> Fuck, I don't know. It's kind of stupid. I mean, I mean, I have Netflix and Prime, and that's what twenty bucks right there. Yeah. See. And then you're already I've, on your way to paying a cable price. Yeah, and <laughs> I got Hulu, but I only pay ninety nine cents right now until that goes away, and that's what another seven ninety nine, I think, or eight ninety nine. So they're gonna have all these different apps, and then eventually down the road, they're gonna be like, nobody is buying our individual apps. Maybe we should start combining. So they're all gonna like combine to like one sixty-five dollar a month app, which is basically gonna be Netflix, but for everything. And then they'll think, you know, hey, yeah, finally we we did it right. This is this is what works. But it's just cable, right, <laughs> online <yeah>. cable. <laughs> yeah, you're just yeah, you're just running it right. It's backwards. a new cable, a new type of cable. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Whatever. But we digress, as we always do. Right. <clears throat> well, let me tell you, you know, I picked this movie because obviously it's a great movie. Um, but it's one of the ones that had like a big impact on my movie taste as a kid. So I was when this came out, it was 97. So I was 10. And between well, between this and Star Wars and uh, at the time, like I think Independence Day couple of the other ones like the 90s was a big time for sci-fi so I don't know I can I can remember watching this in the living room with my family and like how I felt when I was watching this movie it was fucking awesome a little bit scary at times but overall pretty great so of course I had to talk about it with all of you lovely listeners and hit my hand on the microphone and yeah so I don't know I think how many sci-fi movies came out in the 90s? Probably 
a ton. Pretty much like, every fucking movie at the time. I know. Like, for some reason, the 90s was, like, sci-fi was super huge in the 90s. That one decade, like, they were just pumping them out. You, like, Independence Day, like I mentioned, you got, like, Tank Girl, Alien, Starship Troopers. Hey, we did that one. Mars Attacks, another great one. Total Recall. The list goes on and on. There's just a ton of sci-fi movies that came out in the 90s. And I think it could, you know, it could be because technology had, like, gotten to the pretty realistic looking point of cgi like it wasn't so obvious or funny anymore yeah but that and that combined with like the constant use of amazing practical effects that we always see right like total recall let's just put that out there <laughs> you guys know the scene <laughs> And, uh, you know, not to mention that we are coming up on the millennium, right? So, like, everybody who is alive as, you know, not like a little baby in the 90s will know how big the millennium Y2K was on our country and the world, right? And not only that, but, like, a ton of old movies and TV shows, like, from past decades – you know, the year 2000 and 2000 and blank was always like the futuristic time where we would be having flying cars and whatever, mm, you know, like you think right. of Epcot Center. Well, we were supposed to be flying by the year 2000 or something. Right. So I think the decade leading up to that, it just had sci fi on everybody's brains, probably. But I was very happy for that because I think it's probably why I like sci fi so much is because, you know, as a kid in the 90s coming out with all these great um, I'm not going to say all kid-friendly. I probably shouldn't have watched Starship Troopers then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, it was it was very, you know, exciting for a young girl who didn't know how much she would grow into loving, like, cool hair and cosplay and special effects makeup and stuff. You know, like, it was very inspiring. A lot of sci-fi movies are just, like, visually stunning for the most part. <clears throat> and this is one of them. The cinematography alone is a reason to watch this one if you guys haven't, in my personal opinion. But quickly, let me just tell you a little bit what it's about. Lance, did I just hear a yawn? No. <laughs> no, I was not yawning. I was actually looking something up because when you were talking about flying cars and how we should have flying cars right now, oh. <laughs> it reminds me of this meme that I fucking found and, and uploaded onto a uh, oh. Onto my Facebook. I'm just going to read it out loud real quick. Cause it's, it's not a picture or anything like that. It says, they won't be making flying cars, y'all. Because y'all tanks stay on E. I can see all y'all motherfuckers now falling out of the sky talking about, I know my car. <laughs> that is fucking true. It's true, though. It's, it's true. No, it is so fucking true. Because how many motherfuckers you got in their car and they're always on E? No matter what, exactly. they, you know they've got like they've got money. You know they can afford to put fact, fucking. I'm almost on E right now. <laughs> Fifty bucks, you know, twenty, thirty, forty dollars, and they're t they've got the money, but they're always fucking on E. Every Never time you go, it up past half a tank. <laughs> yeah, every time you go with them, gotta stop at the gas station before you fucking even get to your goddamn destination. Yep, mm -hmm. I know. And yeah, that wouldn't work, and especially in like the Fifth Element either. It's, it's y'all that are fucking doing that shit. Why we don't have flying cars. Just saying. By the time that we do ever have flying cars, if it's ever possible, it's got to be, you know, the vehicle itself never runs out of the the hovering or the flying or, or something. Or it won't let somehow. you fly if it doesn't have like X amount <laughs> or something in it. Exactly. And like automatically lands when you get too, too, too close. You right. don't like fall out of the sky. <laughs> yes, fall out of the sky like Lilu Corbin Dallas. <laughs> so yes, yeah, so the fifth element, okay, uh, takes place in the 23rd century. Our universe is threatened by evil, and the only hope for mankind is the fifth element, who turns out to be a down-ass bitch, a kind of babelicious bitch, who, when combined with four stones representing the elements of Earth, will destroy this evil. So, when evil's on its way, some cool alien dudes bring the fifth element back to Earth to put the kibosh on their asses. But they're intercepted by the ugly face Mangalores, who are working with evil Gary Oldman, a.k.a. Zorg. <laughs> and now it is up to sexy Bruce Willis and the incomparable Chris Tucker to collect all the stones and the fifth element to save the universe. Wow, that pretty much just summed up the entire movie. All right, thank you guys. Yeah, for, pretty no. good. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot more detailed. So it runs at an hour and 26. So it's a long one. Two hours. Two hours and six, you mean? You said an hour oh, and 26. Oh, sorry. Because <laughs> I wrote down 126 minutes. Oh, okay. 
Just kidding. <laughs> uh, one, two, six minutes. There we go. Yes. Multipass. Uh, multipass. The budget was $93 million. Opening weekend in the U.S., it only made $17 million. Yeah, and, it's definitely uh, not one of those I could see. Yeah, I don't think it did well in the theater. No. Uh, people were expecting like a Star Wars type thing. And it was supposed to be a trilogy, but then he uh, compressed it all into one movie instead. And yeah, that grossed in the USA $63 million. And then by 2012 is when this number came in. The worldwide gross was $263 million. So, you know, it's a cult classic for sure. And then along with those who just, you know, like us, loved it over the years. Yeah. It got its money back and then some. So that's good. <clears throat> I remember watching it back. Yeah, it was probably right around like the millennium. Probably like 99, 2000. And yeah, I mean, it was an enjoyable movie. We always got a kind of a kick out of it. And, but I, I think I respected it a little bit more as I got a little bit older. Because when that when this came out, I was like still in high school in 97. Mm-hmm. So I was probably, you know, what, 1920 probably when I watched it. Yeah, I mean, I was, it was a fun movie. And yeah. But I, it it's definitely um n- and it's yeah it's not it's, it's very reminiscent reminiscent of the 90s like a ton of oh, you yeah. know you think of like mars attacks and tank girl and starship troopers a lot of the sci-fi movies from the 90s were very almost campy in a way oh, 100%. like it was like they almost like a comic book a visual comic book versus like the movies we would have today, like the, you know, where they're like, 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 they're they're supposed to be like real, (laughs) like grandiose. Yeah. And a little more like serious and not as comic reliefy. Like, I think this movie is very well balanced between the action, the comedy and the drama. You know, some people probably call it silly or maybe lacking in plot, but I disagree. I think that the story is told well. Like, obviously, you know, they had three movies out of it, three scripts already, and they put it into one. So they're going to, like, you know, skip on a little bit detailed points, I guess. But I think it worked perfect because they didn't really linger on useless information or scenes that didn't really need to be there. So it may be a tad campy in parts, but that's okay. It's very similar to Hudson Hawk, if you guys listen to that review, in that way, I suppose. Like, um, as far as the funny in it. With all Bruce Willis movies, there's going to be action, there's going to be comedy. It's just his ish, you know? And uh, when Luke Benson asked Bruce to read the script, he was, you know, he read it in two hours and was like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> and then Gary Oldman, he didn't even have to read it. I guess the two were buddies. So he uh, was like, yep, I'm in. <laughs> perfect. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, the plot and there's some stuff that, you know, does run kind of thin on this. But I mean, you're like just kind of scratching at things just to, to scratch at something. But I mean, it, it's not in a bad way. Like you said, yeah, it helps just kind of keep things flowing instead of having like a three hour fucking movie. Yeah. I mean, I mean you get the information and it does run thin on, on some points. I'm like, yeah, I kind of wish they would explain it a little bit more or gave, or gave it like a little better explanation. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it from, doesn't it doesn't take away from the no. movie. like everybody. You still know what's going on. You still right. know what needs to happen, and you're enjoying the ride while you get there. I guess. And, and it's you really know? funny, you know, because IMDb lists as an action adventure sci fi, so I don't even throw comedy in there. And I, I think there oh. are there's quite a bit of comic relief in this movie. Where there is a lot of comic relief. Where you could actually give it a secondary or third like type of class as a comedy where, mm-hmm. you know, I would probably definitely go probably action sci or sci-fi action comedy mm-hmm. more so than adventure. I mean, kind of adventure, I think kind of goes in that with mix with action and sci-fi <laughs> yeah. already. Yeah. But yeah, I would definitely I say it's got more comedy in there than it would be adventure. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. They don't, they only go on one adventure. <laughs> And it's not even that far. It takes half the movie to get there, but that's okay. Right. Um. Yeah. Definitely okay. We, you know, having you know a lot of funnies in this movie gives us a lot of, I don't know, quotable lines. Love that. Multi-pass. And I, my, my sister and I probably like took after Ruby Rod, aka Chris Tucker, with his like get out of my get out of my face, and hand in the face, buzz them away. We did that so much. <laughs> Ruby Rod, Chris Tucker, mm, man, he wasn't the 
the first idea to play Ruby Rod. So he's uh, basically an overdramatic, confusing radio DJ <laughs> whose hair is very awesome and eccentric and, you know, cool, awesome outfits. And he is supposed to be interviewing Corbin Dallas around because he, quote unquote, won a trip on what was, I guess, a space cruise <laughs> is how you could describe it. <laughs> a space cruise to a tropical destination planet, right? But it's really, you know, to get the guy there. Should we give it? Eh, yeah, it's been over two decades for this movie. So we can spoiler alert it. <laughs> right. 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 So, okay. So Corbin Dallas, a.k.a. Bruce Willis, has to get to this uh, flossed in paradise so he can meet a certain opera singing diva to collect the stones to put with the fifth element, right? right? Okay, so that's the ruse they're under. And Ruby Rod doesn't realize this, and he's just a radio DJ who is, like, interviewing the winner of this contest, okay? And Ruby Rod is probably one of the greatest characters in all of cinematic history, in my personal opinion, played by Chris Tucker. <laughs> I've talked about Chris Tucker before on this podcast, and you guys know I freaking love him. He is so funny, and I don't know why he's not doing stuff. Oh. He like after Michael went, he he went too, you know, <laughs> like, oh, and that was uh, some of the inspiration for Ruby Rod was like a mix between Michael Jackson and Prince. And they actually wanted Prince to play him. Oh, really? Yeah. Which I could have seen him, but wouldn't have been as good as Chris Tucker. I mean, come on. Cobra, my man. Cobra, my man. <laughs> Who, nobody no. is. Oh, he no. is just. Yeah. He's just a, my golden boy. I he, love Chris Tucker. He just adds He just <laughs> he adds does. that like little panache that nobody can Exactly. Have done. Comedy. They are right. comic relief. This guy, he is the funniest. When I don't think I've seen him in anything that I haven't loved. It's like it's like you just kind of have to let him go. Mm -hmm. Just let him go mm -hmm. and see what let happens. Let him do him. Yeah. Release the Kraken, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I don't think you could actually write a character for him. You just kind of give him the idea of a character and just let him fucking figure it out from there. Exactly. Like, what else would you want to do, you know? It's like, how do you write this character for him? I mean, you know. He no, just you just give him loose boundaries and then go ad lib. And that's a guarantee that's what he did, too. They, or they let him oh, do. Yeah. I mean, he's oh, just, yeah. you have to. He's just way mm -hmm. too fucking funny not to. So. So the first half of this movie, you know, we kind of get our little history lesson of, you know, the key players in it and who needs to do what to save the universe. And our evil villain here is a big burning ball of lava with a brain. <laughs> Pretty much. And he's like telepathic. That's how he talks to people. And Zorg, a.k.a. Gary Oldman, is his henchman, his human representative to the universe, I suppose, you know, kind of doing all of his bidding for him. He's... Almost uh, the silver surfer of the situation. If those of you have seen Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah. You know, he would go and warn the planets before. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, so he isn't warning. He is preparing. <laughs> so he's trying to find all these stones that... Where were they put? Oh, I can't remember the name of the aliens in the beginning. Yeah. These I... little metal, metal alien guys who are like the protectors of the universe who... Who have the fifth element and also did they have the stones? They gave them away to the diva. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So they hid the stones because they knew in 300 years it was going to be. It went from 1919 to 2063. So, yeah. Or 2263. Um, so, yeah, about 300 years later, they said the evil would come back and then they'd be ready. We'll bring back the fifth element. Well, that's when I said in the synopsis that they got they got got. And the fifth element got destroyed and nothing was left but a hand. Why can't we have technology like that now? I guess we have to wait another 200 years to reanimate a body with a hand, huh? It'll be coming Darn. soon. Hell, we may be able to do it now. Can they just, just grow a tooth? You know, that's the only thing I want. <laughs> grow a tooth? Yeah. I think they can. Well, I keep reading that they can, but no dentist has ever told me that I can do that or something. I just had to make a cleaning appointment, so teeth are on my mind. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's like I think they can grow teeth. <laughs> well, why point. don't they then? Because I'm sure it's probably not cheap. So it's yeah. not one of those things that's probably readily available, and that's just you know part Insurance of insurance their... won't cover it. You know, they'd rather yeah. just you know keep you drilling holes in your teeth so they can keep getting money. Right? Why would they want to uh, let you pay for LASIK eye surgery? Mm-hmm. You know? mm -hmm. Or really, they're just messing up your vision more. Mm hmm. 
exactly. <laughs> it makes you come back in 10 years and have to get it redone. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, what was I saying before the teeth? That's another thing. Why won't they cover birth control? But they're more than a- they're more than happy to fucking <laughs> Viagra pay for, pay for babies. Mm. That doesn't make a lot and of sense. And Viagra is covered by insurance too. Mm. Oh, so yeah. you can you know pay to get someone's dick hard, but you can't pay to stop them from getting pregnant. Okay, you pay for people to get pregnant. That's basically you're condoning it if you're you're giving them letting them you're, use you're Viagra give, to make a baby. <laughs> yeah, you're you're giving them the uh, the weapon. <laughs> exactly, the weapon for sure. <laughs> Anywho, I feel like I'm kind of all over the place. <laughs> I think we're both just kind of all over the. We're yeah, we're 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 yeah, we're kind of all over right now. That's okay. Yeah, it's all right. So yeah, so you guys get the basic point of that. You know, they're trying to save the universe by putting everything together and destroying this big burning ball. Um, but I just have to go into the beautiful costumes and awesome makeup and hair. This whole movie, basically, except for like very minimal spaceship part was done with practical effects. So like even when they showed the planet Flossed in Paradise, like that thing took months and 80 people to make, you know? That's like cool. love the practical effects. It mm. really is the best. How did they make the stars? They poked holes in a black sheet of paper, you know what I mean? Like it's so cool because it still holds up. You know, you watch it and it could be like as if it just got made this year. Right. And that's and it does actually hold up real well. With the effects. I think so. I think so. There wasn't anything that was, you know. Hokey. Yeah. I mean, maybe some of the jokes and that's about it. And like, yeah, Ruby Rod's over the top, but he's fucking awesome anyway. So, oh, man, if I were a tall, thin black man, that would be my like Halloween costumes every year. I would cosplay as Ruby Rod just all the time. He did have some great outfits. It would be kind of funny because people were like, who are you, Dennis Rodman? Yeah, people think Dennis Rodman for sure. And they probably got some inspiration from him, no doubt. Um, I yeah. did meet a Ruby Rod once at Comic-Con. That was fun. He played oh, the part. That's cool. Three. That's cool. Yeah. Him and a gal played Lorraine from Mad TV. You know, <coughs> that one. Uh, uh, right. Um, and they were the two best cosplayers that stayed in character the whole time. That's that I, awesome. I was like, you guys are great. You'd have to have the personality, too, if you're going to yep. play that character. Especially Lorraine. <laughs> right. Uh, love her. Yeah. Exactly. Love her. But <laughs> yeah, so the costuming and everything, the vibrant colors. One thing that I read that Luke Besson really wanted to have was like all the fight scenes be in well lit areas because a lot of space movies are always down a dark, dank corridor or whatever, you know? Mm, right. So. Yeah, it's not. It's definitely, it's a very bright movie. It's very colorful. It's not, yeah, it's not dark and dank and. You know, kind of like how you would think, like a space movie, because this is kind not of not like a, Alien. It's not, yeah, it's not like like most space movies, because this I would call kind of a space movie, and yeah, most space movies are real dark and very, you know, because space is dark and it's ugly yeah. and it's, you know, there's no light out in space. Well, there is, but I mean, it's it's always portrayed as you know just like endless darkness and endless black and blah, blah, blah. Where in this movie, it's a little different where the colors and everything. Well, and we're mostly like planet side, you know, we're not really in space that much. And when you are in space, you're inside the spaceship, but they still portray it as being like very bright, very bright, very colorful, which is kind of neat. And it does kind of, kind of give the, um, the movie just a whole different feel to it by it not Mm -hmm. being all dark and dank and, and scary. Exactly. And can I say another thing? Ruby Red likes to eat pussy. <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> and it was very interesting that he, uh, you know, he refers to himself as Miss Ruby Rod is okay. Right. But he was very, you know, in the future, lines are blurred. Who cares what he's into? Although he was only hitting on the women. <laughs> right. There's just like even like the attention to detail, like even the McDonald's workers you know, had their kind of, you know, futuristic uniforms on. Mm -hmm. Like that was one thing about this movie that I really liked too, is that you get, it is kind of almost a believable sense of what future America, I think they're supposed to be in New York. Yeah. um, Could be like, if we did have like the flying cars and whatnot, like obviously McDonald's is still going to be a thing in 200 years. You know, the girls will just have to wear red wigs and bustiers instead of, you know, what they wear now. Right. (laughs) Um, 
other than what was that one movie total recall i think that was another one that was also like very good planet side futuristic possible yeah this is what it could be like i could see this being how it goes you know (laughs) um they had some huh to a certain degree yeah to a certain degree yes uh they had some really good explosions in this movie one in particular is like the largest indoor explosion in cinematic history which is on the Floston uh, cruise ship, I guess. And you know the one I'm talking about, and it took them a half hour to put it out after it went off. Really? Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, I rounded up by five minutes. They said 25, but still. <laughs> right. But still, it's pretty good, pretty good. And I think that's where a lot of the comedy like comes around. Like You got Bruce Willis working with Chris Tucker, and Chris Tucker comes in, when the heat goes up, like when the action really gets in there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so just, you know, being Ruby Rod's character, which, you know, little flamboyant radio DJ working alongside with Corbin Dallas, who is an ex-military retiree, you know, who's obviously a pretty kick-ass soldier because it's Bruce Willis, right? <laughs> so he's going to be. But you get like, you know, the two, the opposites, you know, kind of like a Chris Tucker, Jackie Chan moment. <laughs> Bruce Willis is the Jackie Chan. <laughs> nice. Because mm-hmm. I never look at it that yeah. way. And so not only do we get, you know, great practical explosions and practical effects, we get great practical special effects makeup in the form of a lot of our aliens. And that was like, it gives it kind of a Star Wars vibe to me because we get a few animals, you know, like space animals that we wouldn't, you know, really see before. Um, and that weren't just CGI. It wasn't like a, oh, what's his name? Misa. Misa, Misa. Come on. Misa. Star Wars. Star Wars. Oh, Jar Jar. Jar. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> he was CGI totally, you know? Right. And the little, I love Zorg's little, I don't know, pig elephant <laughs> that he's got. His little, not garbage disposal, but kind of. When he's uh, choking on the cherry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then we get some other of those little uh, gremlin guys that they have to spray off of the landing gear of the plane. I think this movie is also the first movie that introduced to me that you could sneak onto a plane through the landing gear. <laughs> right. That whole concept I learned from this movie. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. Um, uh, so, yeah. So we get a lot of good special effects like the makeup for the... Um, the bad guys who are working with Zord, the bad aliens who I said they're near the Mangalores, mm-hmm. uh, theirs was pretty interesting because obviously each one of their faces was like had to be molded and fit to an actual person and how their lips and everything could move with it. Like I just thought that was insane. And they they ran into one problem where like it was taking them so long to do the makeup for each of these actors who are playing. And there's a lot of these aliens, you know. Mm-hmm. So each actor had to be in the chair for like five hours. And oh. so they were like, okay, I'm, you know, we're, we're we got to cut some time on this. So what did they do instead of like get it, giving them the details? Cause if any of you watch uh face off on sci-fi, you know, when they make the character face mold to add onto the models and then you, you have to blend it into their skin. Right. And especially around the eyes is the hard part. So they were like, fuck this. We'll save time. We'll give them battle goggles. Kills two birds with one stone. Saves time and you don't have to do any contacts or anything like that. So I was like, oh, that's a pretty good way to solve that mystery or that problem. But they also, that was another part where they did have some of the CGI in was when they would, because they can shape shift. Yeah, that was, I thought was kind of a, kind of a neat little thing that they, they how they had like, they're like a human face. Yeah. I thought that was. Yeah, I thought always thought that was kind of a kind of a neat like little add-on for that for those uh type of beings, I guess. Yeah. So everything visually about this movie is just so great and it made for a lot of iconic costumes. Like we all know Lilu Dallas, like in the white tape suit and then her like orange thong midriff shirt, gold pants. Yep. <laughs> like those are two of the most popular cosplayed outfits. It's like right up there with the Princess Leia and the mm-hmm. Gold Bikini. Yeah. It definitely is. It definitely is. It is a very iconic if like if you're into sci fi at all or have mm-hmm. any kind of 
love or even enjoyment of sci-fi films, you know what that little, that outfit is. Yeah, and this movie. Although a, a lot of sci-fi nerds, like, I read some, they did not like this movie when it first came out. Like, because mm-hmm. it was too campy or something. It wasn't like an alien or a predator or something. Like, it wasn't as serious. But, you know, sometimes you need a little comic relief in these serious movies. It was, I think it worked. Yeah, it was kind of a weird amalgam of a movie at the time. And, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah people were definitely still kind of into the Star Wars, Star Trek mm-hmm. and type of movies. And, and I don't this know if is you, not that. I don't know if you watched the preview, the trailer for it, but the trailer... You know, a lot of the times the trailers don't do the movie justice. And I think the trailer was misleading. Yeah, I'd have to go. Oh, um, actually, which is fine. With me being I mean, on. Yeah, I might have to watch because there's two of them here on IMDb. And there's a lot of iconic scenes, like especially the opera scene with uh, Plava Laguna, the diva on this Flost in Paradise spaceship, uh, who was actually played by um, Luke Besson's wife because... His uh, the actress she didn't show up. What was her name? Her name was something like Cher. It was like a single name. <laughs> huh. Um, I can't find it right now, but mm, yeah. Maywin. But they actually Maywin. had a real oh Maywin. There it is. They had a real opera singer, obviously playing her, and it was so like people will go on oh America's Got Talent or X Factor or something like that. I've seen it where they will sing or try to sing this particular aria, which is really hard because it goes from like a high f above high c all the way down to a very low mm, i don't know what but you got like three octaves here you got to be the tenor and the 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 what's shit baritone (laughs) sorry (laughs) i couldn't think of the word um but yeah so you guys will definitely recognize her little they kind of combine the opera with a jazzy, like futuristic, um, but 90s futuristic beats, you know, mm. to make it seem a little more futuristic than old. Right. Right. Um, and I did not know that this particular song was from a real opera, which it was. Now I have to go see the opera. I don't know, but it's amazing and pretty funny that his wife stepped in. She did great, but I guess she was an actress anyway. And her costume I've seen cosplayed as well, which is very, very detailed and a lot of painting. And Gary Oldman had that great haircut. So, you know, just a lot of great costumes from this movie. And I'm surprised that I actually haven't dressed up as anything from it before. You know, you know, after, yeah, kind of looking back and thinking about this movie now and how mm-hmm. it would have when it came out there in 97, it was, I'm trying to think it, yeah, it definitely would have been portrayed at the time, something very different than, you know, most typical sci-fi films. But mm-hmm. I think with the characters, the kind of the, the over the top, everything that this movie kind of brings to it. Mm-hmm. I think that definitely turned people off because, you know, it definitely didn't have, I guess, that serious vibe that people wanted in their sci-fi films. At, yeah, at I feel time. like they wanted them to be a little more thriller-esque, scary. A little bit, yeah, to have a little not bit. Not as drama funny, I guess. Yeah, where this is, this still, I would, I would definitely call it an action. I definitely give it yeah. action because there's a lot that does go on in this movie. So a lot of explosions and shooting and and not to mention a classic 90s girl power where Mila's kicking ass and taking names. She is the supreme being. Yes. She and is. it's not a man. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think. But yeah, after kind of looking and thinking, OK, you got like Zorg, who's like very weird. He dresses his like outfits are very bizarre. You know, you got Chris. Uh, I almost said Chris Rock, Chris Tucker's <laughs> character, who's just way over the top character but he's awesome and then just how everything is just the whole sets and the way everything is just done it's just it's a very bizarre movie but it's very good and it's an enjoyable Mm -hmm. film and i really really like and always have really liked it but yeah looking at it now through my eyes of what 1997 was Mm -hmm. yeah that's definitely people definitely didn't get it that's the problem didn't get it didn't too bad and didn't respect it kind of for what it was because it was a lot more than 
you know, the typical sci-fi films of the 90s and even ones going into the 2000s and fuck, even like the ones nowadays. It is, it does really kind of stand on its own. Mm-hmm. And it does. It really does. I mean, it doesn't like fall like, you know, doesn't fall into like that Star Wars or doesn't fall into like that Star Trek feel or anything or mm-hmm. aliens. It kind of created a new space genre. And nothing really ever came out anything like it that you could even kind of throw into its, um, I don't know, I guess subgenre that it kind of created. It really just, it does. It really truly does kind of stand on its own. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm not like super big into, I mean, I'm sure there's something out there that I just, I've never heard of. might be a little bit more obscure, but I can't really think of anything. Everything is a lot more serious or a lot more dark or a lot more horror film ish. Mm. There isn't really anything that's kind of like this where it's kind of campy, but it's kind of smart, but it's... Uh, I don't know. I feel like Starship Troopers is kind, kind of... of I'm, it's I mean, more action. It's not as much of a... It's it's kind of... It is like a save the world. It, it, but it's not like this. It's It kind of dances along like a horror movie in a way. And it, what about Tank Girl? And it... But that's more futuristic. I think futuristic. that is the closest one. It is futuristic, but it, they are they are on Earth. This one, they're on Earth. There are and uh, they weren't really aliens. They were created. But I mean, yeah. this. But I mean, as far as like being kind of campy, funny, but also serious, because they're both you know very comic book visuals. Right. I mean, Tank Girl was comic book. This one it said know. that he was. Um, uh, Luke was very inspired by these French comics, but I couldn't find if like the fifth element, it wasn't an original comic. He started writing the script for this in high school. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he just maybe just French comics in general, which is where he got a lot of his visual from and he wanted it to be bright and whatnot. Uh, something that I found very interesting was that everybody's favorite showgirl, Elizabeth Berkeley auditioned for the role of Lilu, but because showgirls suck so much ass, <laughs> Studios were reluctant to hire her. <laughs> oh, sorry. Mila Jovovich beat out over 3,000 women auditioning for Lilo. She deserved it. This woman, who was already fluent in four languages, learned a whole new language. Created. Much like our policy. Cr- helped and, create the language that and, wrote. Yep, and helped create it. And was able to talk with uh, Luke, like back and forth sentences, conversations, as much practice as they had with this. And there were only 400 words created in this language, which was like the uh, the divine language, I guess. Yeah. She did great. She did great. Uh, Luke Besson has expressed interest in making a sequel, but we we haven't seen any of that. Uh, and it would, kind of at it this point, it is, <laughs> you know... Don't, don't, because Bruce is too old. I mean, come on. I mean, we're 20. He's not too old, but I, this movie, I think. Yeah, he's too old to play the character now. It probably 20, wouldn't have been. 20 no, years later. 20, come on. Have you seen Red right. and Red 2? Old guys kicking ass. No, I mean, 20 years <laughs> later from this character, that's, no, it's way, that's too long. I hate when I hate that I hate that they're doing these fucking sequels that are fucking fifteen years later. Like it too. What? No, that's no. It just came out. Um. Yeah, but the second one is coming out, and they're adults now. So stuck on that. No, 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 no. Not 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 what I mean, like timeline wise. But I mean, they're legitimately doing a sequel, like twenty or thirty years later, later as not the character, but no the 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 actual sequel where they should have done it you know two or three years after the original movie came out and not mm. 15 years later i just don't think it holds up as well i you know i think you really kind of it's i don't know it just like you mean seem... like star wars yeah but star wars was different <laughs> is it i mean they yeah. still waited 20 years <laughs> but no but they but what they've done is they created a whole new universe. They've added uh, more to no. it and cre- yeah. same universe. Same it's the same universe. Uni- no, but what they've done, new they've actors. created a whole new, a whole new thing to it. No, what I'm saying is they're like legitimately doing a fucking sequel because they're doing when they did Star Wars, they did four, five, and six within two years of each other. Go back ten years or fifteen years, create the prequels, and then another fifteen years later, 
let's finish the fucking thing. But they're doing it in, you know, in trilogies and not. It'd be different if they did episode four and then, okay, we're going to do episode five 15 years later. That doesn't work. I mean, look at The Godfather Part 2 and Part 3. I mean, kind of falls in that same thing. They're just, when you're too far apart, they just it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You, I mean, well, you, you Chris lose Tucker's the... character was supposed to be named Lockrod. <laughs> really? They changed it to Ruby. Yeah, L-O-C, Lockrod. That's kind of stupid. I don't know. Yeah, Ruby Rod rolls off the tongue. Better. Yeah, much, much better. Kobe, my man. Kobe, my man. Oh, God, he's the best. Multipass. Lily Dallas Multipass. Multipass. <laughs> Sorry, I had that prepped. I had to use it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, they did say, you know, one of the hardest parts of the jobs of the visual effects artists were creating what the evil was supposed to look like because it was very mysterious. We didn't get a lot of information about it, but sometimes that's what makes the bad guys more bad, I guess, is not knowing about them, right? Can't. Yeah. He, well. It wasn't a human, but you can't humanize them or anything if you know if you don't know anything about them other than them being evil. So, yeah, I guess a burning ball of lava is what they came up with after all that hard work. Hey, it's that's evil. Why not? Sometimes it's <laughs> just an easier way to just describe it without trying to describe it. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah, because it is sometimes, you know, when you've got something like an evil entity is really what it is more so than yeah. so yeah i mean how do you manifest that into kind of, something it's where we exactly understand like like silver surfer what was the bad thing's name in that movie it's almost the same thing right it's like they used this as an example <laughs> right or an inspiration for that because it was like a burning ball of something flying through space <laughs> and honestly that's probably the easiest way to do it and exactly don't overcomplicate it basically don't don't manifest yeah. it into a person because then we relate to it as like a person or a being of some sort where it really wasn't. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just make it, it kind entity. of like an, yeah, like an inanimate object in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I thought that was cool that Luke Besson does in all of his movies is have taxi scenes there. You're going to see some sort of little scene with like referring with a taxi or a taxi driver or something because you know, while he was in school, his dad was working two jobs, one of which was being a taxi driver. So he always likes to honor his dad in his movies oh, by putting cool. stuff with taxis in there. Like, that is kind of cool. It's kind of like his his little Hitchcock scene. <laughs> spot the Hitchcock or spot the taxi. You know, he's he obviously this is his most well-known movie. And he's the one that did the, the Valerian movie that everybody. Oh, he did that one? Yeah, he was the director of that. Um, oh, I still haven't watched sense. it. I still haven't watched, I watched it. That. I still haven't watched it. Um, it is a visually beautiful movie that's that I've... also lacks in plot. Yeah. Or like, or not lacks in plot. It's almost like they tried to do too much plot, too many sub stories. Yeah. From fights. what I heard, is like, yeah, it's just there's too much going on and not. But it is time. beautiful. But um, this one, but it's definitely no practical effects. <laughs> yeah, they tried to use his his not or not knowledge, but his. You know, um, what am I trying to say? His his name mm -hmm. from this movie to help sell that movie didn't mm -hmm. really work. He's not a big enough name of a director. He's not a Tarantino. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, because I remember when that Valerian was coming out, you know, the director of The Fifth Element, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. everybody knows The Fifth Element. But nobody gives a shit about the director because it's not Scorsese. It's not Tarantino. You know, it's not. He, yeah. He's, he's just not a household name, unfortunately. Right. I mean, everything about this movie is Mila, is Bruce, is Chris, is Gary. Those are the people that sold this movie. Totally was not him, unfortunately. He just, yeah. I mean, no matter what, he's always going to live in that shadow. He's just. Unless he does something, you know, a fucking Star Wars movie, you know, unless he's fucking George. Well, Lucas. he was working on that transporter show they made a show out of. Yeah. I really liked that series until they took away Jason Statham. <laughs> I just don't think, you know, his, but, his name's big enough to, to sell anything by any means. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know. 
he will always be, I mean, his movies are all kind of cult movies. Well, not all of them, but the ones that I recognize, like Leon the Professional and Transporter and whatnot, like, they all have a a good following, but it wasn't until after the fact, like, they weren't necessarily big blockbusters or anything, but But that's okay. But they followed them, not for him, they followed them for the... You know, either the story or the particular uh, right. Like actor. he just has some good movies under his belt, and it's yeah. not because of his name. No, it is not. I yes, I and, agree with you. And on that's that. the unfortunate part because he has yeah. made some pretty cool movies and things like that. But he just he's always going to be in the fucking shadow of it. Yeah, and I gotta say, in this movie, as far as the actors go and whatnot, Sir Ian Holm, he played the priest in this one. Oh, he was great. I thought he was good comic relief and he just played his role amazingly. And I don't know anything else he's ever really been in other than the um, Hobbit movies. Uh, I think he played in From Hell. Mm, I don't know that one. That's the one about the Jack the Ripper. If I remember right. That's actually pretty good. If you ever, if you ever, like, yeah. Yep, he was in that. Um, Oh, he was in Ratatouille. Oh, he played Skinner. Yeah, he's been in a lot of things, but I mean, that's where I, oh, and he also played in the the day after tomorrow, like a real, <laughs> not a real long part, but yeah, I mean, he's been in a lot of things. You see him, you're like, oh, okay. I know that guy. Yeah. He's just got one of those fucking faces, but yeah, I always remember him from, from the movie from hell. Mm. You should watch it. It's actually a pretty interesting movie. It's, as I said, it's about Jack the Ripper and the different, uh, People who they think it is at the time when the, well when the movie was released, but yeah. So definitely check it out. Have um have you started watching what we do in the shadows TV series yet? Hard no. All right, damn it. All right, never mind then. I won't bring it up. I won't bring it up. That's all. So. But yeah. So guys, okay. Uh, this movie, personal favorite, top ten, top ten for sure. Really. Yeah. Yeah. I watched this one so much. Like, we had it on uh, VHS. I think the VHS broke the tape. Remember the days of taping your tape back together? <laughs> yes. Uh, it didn't work, but that's okay. Not really. Only, it only worked on uh, t- uh, tape, cassette tape, like audio, audio cassette tape. So you have that, like, kind of like dead spot where the, <laughs> the tape. Just splice it and it just skips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I'd, I listened to my The Presidents of the United States of America tape so much, I busted that one too. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, but that one worked. It was okay. It wasn't. It wasn't on uh, Peaches or Kitty or any of the good songs. <laughs> it had to get spliced. So yeah, there okay. are certain technologies. I'm glad <laughs> have gone away. Get away from me! <laughs> and tape is one of those. I'm kind of glad that went away. It was an awful technology. It was cool at the time, but it's after looking back at it, I was like, it's awful technology. Better than eight track. Same. No, I mean it's the same idea. It's still a fucking tape. just less bulky. Just a, yeah, it's just a fucking tape. It's just such a degrading yeah. type of media that it just wears out. Yeah. Unfortunately. But it was awesome to be able to like, you know, record your songs off the radio. Yeah. But but you only get like, you know, 10 seconds into them because you're like, oh shit, the, the good song, you know, and then you press record. <laughs> yeah, you missed the, yeah, the first couple. Of, yeah. Yeah. Back in the day, kids, you know, we used, there was no Google. We used to have to like record that song that we liked. So like uh, Say My Name by Destiny's Child and then you listen to it over and over again and write down the lyrics that you hear. So that's how you learn the lyrics or then you get things like, you know, pour some shook up ramen. That's how that happens. (laughs) (laughs) There was no lyrics.com or whatever. Or you you got lucky and you bought the fucking... Oh, if you bought it. Yeah, if you you had money to buy those. (laughs) Now, not every time it had the lyrics in there. There, a lot of them did, but not every not every band put their lyrics in the cassette. Sometimes you'd have to buy the uh, what they would call the LP. Now, for you fucking millennials, which surprising enough, a lot of them know what it is now. But like you young young millennials, it's like called a record. They would a lot of times they'd put them actually in that, but they wouldn't put them in the cassette <laughs> for whatever reason. I don't know why they would do that. But whatever. But yeah, that's how we used to get our uh, lyrics back in the day and, and get the songs. We that's how we pirated songs. We mm-hmm. didn't we didn't have Napster at the time. You know, people mm-hmm. are like, "What's Napster?" See, we didn't have Apple Music or we didn't have Amazon Music where you could just type in your favorite band and there's all their <laughs> songs. 
We didn't yeah. have that luxury. We had to fucking steal that shit at one time. Napster. Right? <laughs> Napster. It's because I was taking a nap when he stole it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic Italian job. Yes. So, Napster. Yeah, so, yes, ladies and gentlemen, there was a time when we used to have to listen to the radio. And you had to wait for your song. And you're like, oh, shit, there it is. Click. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's why mixtapes were such a sweet gesture from your, you know, middle school boyfriend and girlfriends. Because that shit took effort. Okay, motherfucker, you worked. <laughs> that was work, dude. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Put it in your little Walkman with them foamy headphones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck my life. Uh, I still have a pair of those. <laughs> I rem- and a Walkman. Then I remember when like the MP3 became a thing, and then the mixtape became the mix CD. MP3s were awesome because then you could get like 80 songs on a CD, but then like your stupid CD player wouldn't play an MP3. <laughs> right. You had to have like so a then newer it was like, one. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah. You had to have a newer one. One that was a little bit more fancy that cost like 200 bucks. You're like, motherfucker. Yeah. Like, exactly. Really? Exactly. Yep. Yep. Well, now that we've gone all over the place, you guys. Yeah, we went full. We, we went there. <laughs> we went full retard. We know we never yeah. should, but. This movie requires it. Fifth Element, full retard. Right. Yep. Yep. I just gotta say, it's one of the best. There we go. I've said it. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. All right, Katie. So, what are you rated? Uh, for me, this one's obviously a five out of five. I know I haven't like. I know the season has been like our favorite movies, or just movies we love, but five out of five. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go to 5 out of 5. I'm going to get like a 4. I am. Are you going to give anything a 5 out of 5? 4.25. Oh, no. I, I mean, I thoroughly enjoy this movie and I watch it all the time. So, I mm-hmm. mean, it's I mean, definitely not it's a It's a five. great one, guys. Fifth Element. Watch it now while it's on Netflix. Hell yeah. Get out there, yeah. What? I, I was trying to say hell yeah, but my voice decided like not to like hell say like every hell. fucking word. Hell yeah. Exactly. Hell yeah. There we go. I can't do it. I loved it. It was great. For some reason, my voice is fucked up. I don't know why. I haven't been yelling at anybody. But. Practicing your hell yes. Right. No shit. No shit. Oh, and I just have to correct that, you guys. Uh, Luke Perry's in it, but for like two seconds. I know. We talked about that earlier. We didn't say he he wasn't a main player. Yeah, we did. We said he had like he was there for like a hot minute. Oh, yeah. Never mind. Wasn't very Aziz, long. And I'm not deleting that out. So, all right, guys. So my pick for next week, which I've been wanting to kind of do this one, I don't know why. Because it's a movie you like, maybe. Yeah, it is a movie I like, but I don't know why. Like I've been wanting to do this one. I think it'd be something interesting to talk about because there is kind of a lot. It's kind of a. It, it has like a little deeper meanings in it. Right. Um, making us. But is I it wanted also available on Netflix, please be. It, yeah, yeah, this one is on Netflix. I thought I forgot oh. it. Yeah, because uh, I actually just watched it recently again, so I have to watch it again. But um, I actually kind of wanted to do this one a little earlier, like about two months ago. But yeah, eh, fuck it, we'll do it now. <laughs> it is the movie Spring Breakers. Spring Breakers. It's time sensitive. It's two months ago for Spring Break. Yeah, that was when I was going to do it, but I was like, well, fuck, I still want to do it. We're just going to do it for What an interesting movie. Yeah, so I think... You know, that that kid, he he got banned from Letterman. What? The director, writer, the guy who worked with uh, Franco on it. What's his name? Oh, Harmony Corinne? Yes. Oh. Harmony Corinne. Very... I literally, like, two weeks ago, watched uh, all of his interviews with... uh, Letterman with Letterman. He's a very interesting kid. Yeah, he is. He is. I haven't seen any of his other movies. There was like. I have. That one uh, called Kids. And then that was very. Well, he was, I think, part writer of that. And he wasn't the director. I know he's not the actor. Director. He wasn't the director. That was um, um, Larry Clark. Was the director oh. of Kids? No, I think he was. Well, like that's writer. what he was on Letterman for. Was that movie, and then one called uh, one that he did all on his own. I'm pretty sure. Oh, it's called like Lump or something. Oh, Trash Humpers. <laughs> yeah, that was awful. 
yeah. Anyway, he was an interesting kid, and I couldn't tell if he was like just high or like on purpose trying to be weird, like weird with Dave, which could be very, very true. But then I saw an interview with James Franco talking about him, and I didn't realize because I had seen Spring Breakers, but I didn't realize that he was part of that Harmony Corinne. I was like, oh, all right, this makes sense. It was an interesting movie. Yep. So I think it'll be an interesting discussion. So read Spring Breakers, and it is on Netflix. Cool. Um, I also just wanted to say, because I forgot to, is that Fifth Element was the opening movie at the Cannes Film Festival of 97. Sweet. They started with it. I was like, start strong. And Julia Roberts could have played Lilu, but I'm glad she didn't. Yay. Oh, yeah. Too much mouth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, can you imagine her? No. We'll see past. No. Definitely not. No. <laughs> Well, sweet. Well, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy Fifth Element as much as we do. And we'll catch you next episode with Spring Breakers. Hell yeah, guys. Thank you. And see you or here, whatever. next. See week. here, there, or everywhere. Right. See you in your living room because we're not creeps at all. Uh, no, not at all. Well, if they listen. Yep. Maybe their bedroom yep. even. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, yeah, baby. That's hot. Oh, my God. That's hot. Damn, I wish I still had that soundboard up. <laughs> awesome. Hairless. Hairless. All right, guys. Later. Later. <laughs>